moving life in three, two, one, cue. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to IIUM TV live with political insights. 40 minutes of political knowledge. And I, I am Haikar Rosdi and with my partner. My name is Ilya Marsha and to all of our viewers, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe our YouTube channel. And we very much welcome questions to anything related to our topic today. So Marsha, what topic we will discuss today? So before I answer that, so let me ask you first. So what is the most uh, awaited event on our campus? I think the elections, right? Definitely the elections. So IIUM Student Union, which has been established in recent years, is holding its first ever election since its establishment. So however, recent trends about uh, on voters turned out be in the Kulia level or um, really Kulia level or even campus level is um, very much at a decline which reveals low participation in campus politics. Yes, Marsha, even in the national level, your particip participation in Only one guess, but three esteemed guests for this session. So first, we have Sister Nur Atira from UIA Mengundi. UIA Mengundi is a body advocating for campus democracy in IIUM. So Sister Atira is also a seat for democracy alumni 2020 and Untuk Malaysia advocate, aside from being an ICO student by day. So how are you, Sister Atira? Yes, I'm fine. So good to hear that. And next, we have Brother Ika Daniel, lecturer of Nation Studies, Netherlands Maritime University College, and IUM Political Science alumni. How are you feeling today, Brother Ika Daniel? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Haika. Thank you, Marsha. So, Alhamdulillah, good for you. And last but definitely not the least, we have Nadia Maliana a program associate at Undi 18 and also she is also actively involved uh, with uh, Undi Sabah in Undi Sarawak campaigns and also a lead researcher there. So are you doing great today, Sister Nadia? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. It's been a busy two weeks for us. So uh, thank you, Sister Nadia. Very happy uh, to hear that. So without further ado, let us start with our first round of questions. So we will start first with Sister Nur Atira from UIA Mengundi. So we often hear of the word campus democracy and also the youth rights on voting, right? So the nature of democracy is where you are able to express your thoughts and opinions freely and also freely make decisions. So as in the context of national politics, citizens also play their role in uh, voting for uh, their uh, for the, the government, right? For the representative in the government. So, but what about campus democracy? What is the nature of campus democracy? So, Sister Noatira, the stage is yours. All right. Um, thank you for the question, uh, Sister Moderator. First of all, I think we need to understand the meaning of democracy first. Democracy, as we know, uh, when everyone is the stakeholder, and has a share in the society or in the context of campus politics, everyone, the students, the staff, and lecturers are the stakeholders of this university. So what more with the establishment of IIM Student Union that makes students the neighbor of their administration, not some sort of children, if I can say so. So for the meaning of democracy, yes, I agree that um, it is the same as what we have in national politics because we do express our thoughts, we complain to the IIMSU about our needs and nowadays the university policy on any issue always were made out of the negotiation between the administration and NSU for the benefit of the students. But um, if we really want to compare both democracy in campus and in national politics, I would say Campus democracy uh, in UIM is way much better in the aspect of choosing the leaders and executive members of the union. 
uh, as we know for this upcoming election, uh, we just nearly four days uh, to go for our first ever election. Uh, according to the election, IIM Student Union Regulation amended uh, 2021, if I'm not mistaken, we get to choose specifically uh, the president that we want, the secretary, and all. But uh, in national politics, we know that we didn't really choose our, we didn't really choose the executive members of the government. Because according to the federal constitution, we as the citizen, we only choose the leader or the, and we, we only choose and vote the leader in our constituents, the member of the parliament. We didn't choose the minister of health, we didn't choose the minister of education. So that is the difference uh, between campus democracy and national politics because the executive members in national politics were elected by the young Deputy uh, with the advice of prime minister. But in the context of campus democracy, uh, in UIM particularly, we get to elect the executive members of the union. So uh, with the freedom of campus democracy, I believe that we should not waste it by not participating in this union, either as the, either as the executive front or as powerful as the civil society of this union. So that is my answer. So thank you, Sister No Atira. I uh, I also believe that IIM Student Union is quite uh, is quite similar uh, to our uh, national politics. Say, for example, if we have any complaints or any uh, anything to add in, in our community itself, we will complain to the Adun or our own wakil right yet. But also, if we actually um, just previously, just a few weeks ago, that we got to know that we can. Um, actually uh, vote for any president uh, vote for the president in uh, any of the campuses so i believe that uh, this is what differs from our national politics we cannot directly elect the prime uh, prime minister but we can uh, elect the party that we want to vote for so thank you sister atira okay marsha so the next question we will ask to sister nadia how did undi 18 emerge in the frame of malaysian politics and how does it relate to the campus democracy. Okay, so basically Undi 18 was originally a student movement um, under MSGA, which started in 2016. And um, from the start, that particular movement's um, goals has always been to lower the voting age from 18 to 20, uh, from 21 to 18. So, like over the span of three years, from two thousand sixteen to two thousand nineteen, um, so basically we did town halls, we did forums, we did engagements with like students and students, politicians, and also um, occasionally members of the public as well. And eventually, it got the support of Said Sadik, who is also a UIA alumni, apparently, and other politicians as well. And eventually, it became um, a part of the Pakatan Harapan Manifesto in the last general election. So it's pretty, I guess, what Undi 18, the NGO, achieved um, was quite significant because apparently it was the first constitutional amendment to receive um, unanimous vote at both levels of um, Houses of Parliament, I think. And what's important that it has a trickle-down effect, essentially, because when you lower the voting age, you would have to start changing some things in education. And then you would also have to um change um the system as well because um there will be an influx of young voters who have very different needs and wants from you know older voters so i think how it links to campus democracy is that and 
I wouldn't say all, but some of these young voters are literally in university. And um, while being in university is um, a bubble of its own, but, you know, um, universities are, also, are still part of the community that um, these students live in. So that's how, that's where the effect really starts. Like, what can you do for not just for the people in your university community, but also, you know, for around that, like beyond that university community, say like, uh, for instance, if UIA is in Gomba, so it's not just what you can do for UIA students living in campus, but also like the Gomba community, for instance. So I think that's how it links together. All right. So thank you, Sister Nadia, for the answers. So now we see that the relationship between the uh, Undi 18 and the campus democracy, which is we need to, when we do the Undi 18, the system of education in university need to be changed. And the, the people, the candidates who, who involved in the democracy, campus democracy need to do more, need to do, uh, need to do a lot of work to help the students in university and also the society in also the community in area of the campus. So yes, and on to our next question for tonight. So uh, Bradika, uh, I'm sure you have been waiting long. So in the uh, in the current election to, uh, of the for the new lineup of student union, uh, there are a few seats, uh, not a few actually, I, I think over 70% of seats uh, which the candidates have won uncontested. So if this trend were to continue over in uh, recent years or maybe in the future, so what will happen to the future of uh, the student union and the well-being of the students themselves? So Radhika, the stage is yours. All right, thank you so much, Marsha, for the question. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank uh, IOMTV and also the Secretariat of Political Science for giving me uh, this opportunity. So I was the political science under my SOL. So this program was uh, actually uh, originated from Secretariat of Political Science. All right, so uh, to answer your questions, uh, my simple answer is, does uh, winning uncontested is a healthy practice or not? So definitely the answer is a no, of yeah. course. Uh, so uh, I would like to link the question of yours to the uh, percentage of turnout voters during the recent elections uh, in the Kulias level as well, because these uh, two questions is quite uh, related, which we want to see uh, why uh, there is low percentage of voters uh, going out for the elections in the campus uh, democracy or campus elections. So uh, one of the uh, special case study that I found is the RKHS, which is the recent uh, elections in which, uh, for me, RKHS is a developing democracy. Uh, there is a baby democracy because they just uh, developed the systems of elections and it's only the second elections of uh, them in the Kulia of RKHS. But actually, although a lot of people commented and criticised how can the largest Kulia had the low percentage of turnout voters, but for me, I take it positively because... Uh, during the first elections, when I was also among the pioneer for the election, uh, as Marsha's know, so in 2020, the turnout voters is around 26%. But in 2021, the percentage increased to 30-something, uh, like there is an increment about 7 to 10%, which is, this is a good indicator that there is an awareness among the students. So I would like to uh, correct uh, some misconceptions uh, among the youth uh, and also among the adults, which they say that um, the youth are totally lack in terms of awareness. It's not. The awareness is there, but it might be not sufficient enough. Okay, so, so to answer your questions uh, about winning uncontested, so uh, my personal view, that is not a healthy practice. And actually, this is not a good indicator uh, at the first time because we are showing uh, an indicator that the current uh, student union and also IUM election commission 
might not doing sufficient uh, efforts in terms of advocating uh, the students' awareness. I was also the part of student union, but I am not embarrassed to admit that kind of things. So this is one of the uh, uh, important elements that the student union itself and also all the stakeholders and all the actors in the education institutions have to cater. Because if this practice is going to continue, then the spirit of unionism or the spirit of union, unionization that the students itself or the IIMSU itself fought for is going down to the drain. So this is my uh, personal opinion that we need to uh, cater. So uh, I, I'm still remember that last year when there was an elections in RKHS, together with uh, IIM today, uh, me and Marsha, we conducted a survey why was the uh, turnout voters uh, very low in RKHS? So uh, some of the comments includes, which is uh, first one, they are not knowing the candidates. They do not know the candidates. Second one is unpopular or irrelevant manifestos. And the third one is the campaigning period is too short. So one of the uh, lacking points in terms of advocacy that I found that we are calling for voters to go out for elections only if the period of elections is very near with us. You know what I mean? So actually, this is not a good practice. So the advocacy or campaigning period or the political awareness campaigning period, it should be very consistent if we want to really catch the interests and also catch the hearts of the people, especially the students. So this is one of the things that we need to uh, take care of. So of course, my short answer is this is not a healthy uh, practice and something should be done. If not by the current SU, of course, this should be catered and addressed by the uh, future tenure of SU. Yes. Thank you, Brother Ika, for, uh, from, for your answer. Uh, I, I also believe that uh, we have a very uh, fractionalized types of students, so we need to actually try to cater them individually based on uh, based on their interests or possibly based on their uh, groups. So also, I think that uh, in order for us to advocate for uh, political awareness per se, we also need to uh, also cater the spirit of unionism. So uh, we should not only advocate for people to vote, but we should also advocate for people to represent the students. So and on to Brother Haika. All right. So next, we move to Sister Atira. Soon enough, we will have an election of our own campus and this in this uh this involves uh all students from all levels of study and all of kuliah taking the low voter turns out from the previous general elections in account how do we encourage and or what is the ways to motivate the students to take part in this upcoming election in order to enhance their participation in the campus politics Yes, is the Atira. All right. Um, thank you for the question. Uh, so your question is uh, how to advocate the students, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So I think uh, one of the way to advocate the student is by using the social media as the platform for us to um advocating uh, advocating and giving literacy about the voters education because we know uh, in this internet era we can see somehow how connectivity reshaping the world we can see how connectivity really give impact to something so as for the time being i can see that social media is really what connects us all the stakeholders of this university for example all of us around 24k students and MA cannot really interact physically on a daily basis. Plus, even if we have a physical learning in campus, no one will go to the other stakeholders every day just to connect with them. So that is the use of social media. When students express and share their concerns publicly and when we advocate about things publicly, I think uh, 
the sole purpose is actually to to address the issue. So when we address the issue uh, publicly, uh, such as we have the IIUM online uh, Facebook group, uh, there are almost 40,000 40, 40, um, people in that group. So when we when we express and channel our issue there, actually that is how all of the stakeholders can connect. All right. Uh, I think uh, that is the answer for the question. All right. Thank you, Sister Atira. So we now how so now we know how to encourage the students to take part in this in this campus politics, uh, which is. Uh, in the education, in the social media, the usage of so social media, especially in this pandemic situation, we, we didn't have any physical class or physical meeting. We can use social media as more as best to spread the, to spread the awareness to the to the students to involve in the uh, to involve in the uh, campus politics. So that's. So thank you to our uh, all of our guests. So that's uh, wrap up our first round of questions. So as our discussion is getting heated, let's take a short break as we would like to promote uh, to all IIUM undergraduate students, the Secretariat of Political Science is organizing an open mic program entitled, entitled Should Youth as Early as 18 Years Old uh, Be Allowed to Vote? So therefore, we highly encourage all students to share your thoughts and also your opinions uh, regarding this national issue. So grab this uh, opportunity and also follow uh, POSA IIUM, uh, POSA IIUM at Instagram for uh, for details detail or for details on the competition. So thank you. So and on that note, let us proceed with our next round of questions. We will start now with Sister Nadia. So, so the political world, as uh, as we view it, is in need of more, more youth that could actually step up and lead the country uh, to make changes. Uh, so, on the current administration's policy, so that uh, this would be in line uh, with the modernization of the world, and uh, and the first step, I believe, is by voting. So, however due to the postponement of execution of the Undi 18 bill, it seems that youth itself uh, might face a hard time trying to get directly involved uh, with national politics, uh, especially in Malaysia. So how is this situation uh, affecting all of the youth? So would this actually demotivate the youth to, take, uh, to actually take part in this country politics? So please, uh, Mr. Nadia, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty straightforward question. Like, of course it will. But um, again, I do think that Malaysian youths are not a monolith. And with regards to political participation, you know, like different people have very different ideas of participating. For them, it's joining political parties directly or running for elections or sometimes just volunteering. And for some people, it's just like voting um, once every five years. And um, I think the fact that the government of the day is um, deliberately delaying this means that, you know, they're trying to stifle the youth's voice, which is deeply concerning because I think, you know, youths get affected by um, whatever laws and policies that are being made even longer. And then sometimes these policies can actually change the trajectory of your own life without you realizing it. And, you know, I think when you ignore the youth vote completely, like very pressing issues concerning the youth will automatically take like a backseat. Like for instance, um, the fact that um, like we with like people who sat for um spm last year had a very weird school year you know like that was never really addressed the fact that they lost almost one year of learning actually 
and these some of these young people may enter the work for the workforce directly and a fraction of that also will end up going to university you know so i think it's i think it's actually very discouraging for young people so i guess um we also i, I think the country itself uh, need to be aware that all policies are actually um affects the youth as well not only i i think that the youth plays a big role in the uh, in choosing would play a big role in choosing our the, the next government as um the youth actually i believe that i've see, seen some statistics about the youth being quite a uh, quite a large number of population in this country so haikal on to you all right now to brother ika daniel the political participation of students in the general elections at the university uh, could be as reflections of the participation of the youth in Malaysian's politics. How do we address this scenario, especially in educating and spreading the political awareness for the youth to acknowledge the yeah. importance of their votes, um, which are very impactful in making changes for their country and also for the campus. So yes, Brother Ikadenya. Uh, sorry, Haikal, my connection uh, lost just now. Can you repeat the question? Sorry. All right. So we see that uh, the political participation of students in the general uh, elections at the university level could be as a reflection of the participation of the youth in Malaysian politics. So how do we address this scenario, especially in educating and spread awareness on political to, to the youth and to acknowledge the importance of their votes, which are very impactful in making changes to the country and also to the campus, to their campus. So uh, please, brother. Okay. Okay, I got your question. All right. Uh, first and foremost, uh, that question is totally related with what uh, Miss Nadia said just now. To what uh, kind of political participations that you are referring to? Because political participation itself, it has a wide-ranging, very broad definitions and also kinds of activities. So uh, from my reading and also from my research, there are two kinds of political participation, which is the active political participation and as well the passive political participations. So if you just register as a voter and you go out and cast your vote, so that is one kind of passive political participations. So the active political participations uh, emerged and exist when you totally participate in the politics field itself, political field itself, which is you advocate for political campaign, you advocate for a candidate to an extent that you convince all the people all around you to vote for a certain candidate. Uh, in my opinion, these two types of political participations, they are in need of one another because the latter cannot exist and cannot emerge without the former, which I means that we cannot create an active political participations without having the passive political participation first. So passive political participation is a good start, a very good start, is a kick start to the existence of active political participations. So in answering your questions, right now, our main concern is we want to uh, attract and we want to encourage all the students to go out to vote. So one of the uh, ways that we need to do is all the stakeholders and also actors in the education institutions, especially in RIUM, uh, of course, when we talk about the RIUM-SU elections, which we will, which will happen uh, in just a matter of few days, so all the uh, education institutions, actors, they have to play their role, not only the students. That's what I said, because when we want to say about political spaces, we often say, oh, okay, the students, they do not have their, uh, their awareness. They do not have uh, their awareness and they are being become more uh, ignorant. So we should not put the blame to the students themselves. So the student becomes like that. There must be reasons. It also the matter of responsibility for the 
actors and also the stakeholders of the education institutions. So the first one is the student union itself and also the RIUM ASU election commissions, which lesson learned, like I said just now, the advocacy of the uh, political awareness campaign, it has to be consistent. It has to be uh, continuous, right? Uh, I know, and uh, I was an ASU member, we did have that kind of advocacies. We we went to the grassroots levels. We went to every kulia to advocate, to campaign for the idea of student unionism. But unfortunately, that kind of things or that efforts suddenly halted and cannot be continued due to COVID-19. Okay? But like I said, lesson learned, the future SU elections and also the other students' movement as well, not only the SU, we all share the same responsibility which we need to advocate and campaign for the elections. Because when we, when we talk about SU, you know one interesting point when we have SU right now, all of the things SU need to cater. Like SU is the only student movement that exists at IUM right now. And other students' movements, they are not exist uh, anymore. So this is one of misconceptions. We have a lot of student movements other than SUs, which they are going to be great helps in advocating for that. If all the student movements, they are working together without any or despite of any political affiliations. So that is number one, the student movements. The second one is, of course, the management. And speaking of management, I am referring to the academicians and also lecturers as well. Because lecturers in the universities, like I said, uh, we, need to, we need to empower and we need to encourage the idea of students' unionism. We need to promote them. We need to encourage them to participate in a thing that is going to definitely affect their lifetime in the university. You got my point? Because, uh, yes, uh, seeking for knowledge, seeking for ELMU is one of thing. But as we know that the students is not going to be students as itself. They are totally affected by the environment, by the policy of the university that the university will make. So we need to make sure that the students have their say. We need to encourage the students to talk, to give their opinion, and also to participate. So lecturers also can use all of the mediums possible. They can even make students' union or students' movement as their method of case study for their assessments or assignments to attract the intention of the students. So right now, the data that we have, we need to accept some of the ugly reality in, in SU elections, which is the first one is uh, a lot of the candidates won uncontested. So this one is also very disappointing. And second one is uh, we have quite low in terms of registrations of SU members, which is also quite disappointing. But lesson learned. Lesson learned. Who need to learn from the lessons? Of course, the actors and also the stakeholders of the uh, education institutions. Like I said, if we are not going to move now, if we are not going to address this, then all of the efforts to make students' unionism as a free uh, student's body uh, in the names of uh, academic freedom, in the names of students' empowerment, in the names of students' governance, all of them are going to the, down to the dream. Yes. All right. Thank you, Brother Ika Daniel. So now we understand, we gather here that the awareness that the, to spread the awareness of politics through the students is only especially on the student movement the stakeholder the candidates to do their roles uh, uh to do their roles to do their works especially in the spread awareness uh like uh to do the roles uh continuity uh spread the awareness continue everywhere everywhere cannot cannot stop uh for a long time because the awareness will be less and less uh. so always do the do the spread of awareness on the political and also uh, the lecturer also need to encourage the students to take part participate in the policy campus to take part in leadership to, to take part in any uh, society and also to encourage the students to give the speech give what their ideas empowerment the students in the uh, in the university camp in the university society or the university uh, the university uh, the university of uh the like the university life uh, the, uh yes the university life thank you marsha the university life to 
to promote their power, to promote their idea to the students and also the uh, the rector, the, the deans and to see the power of students. Okay, thank you. So thank you, Haikal. <laughs> thank you, Barry Ika. Thank you, Sister Atira. And thank you, Sister Nadia. But now we are on to back to Sister Nadia. So in your perspective, what do you think uh, about the political awareness about youth uh, in this country? So we talked about education. We talked about how education needs to be continuous. So uh, have they received enough political education before they reach the age of 18? And are those who actively participate in advocating for this movement or only uh, are only those who actually have access to education? So what is your opinion on this, Sister Nadia? Um, I think I think I get this question a lot actually with only 18 and I've heard all sorts of suggestions about political education like doing a different subject class, you know, like let the government set what should be taught. But um, I think a point that I would really like to bring up is that, you know, um, do we actually ask older voters the same question? Do we not think that they also need political education? Because um, I'm like in my line of work, I realize that, you know, unless you work in politics or law or maybe like education related to those two fields, like you wouldn't really bother about these things on a daily basis. Like they're not imprinted in the back of your head. And also I think it's important that we clarify the difference between political education and education in politics. Because ideally our goal, like when it comes to political education, our end goal is not to indoctrinate young people um, politically or ideologically in some way, you know. Our end goal should be to prepare them to be able to reflect um, freely on the nature of power because politics is, you know, power dynamics and all that, uh, as well as components of power and, you know, forces working within and through institutions. So we have to be able to link all this back to democratic the democratic exercise of power and um i cannot i don't think i can speak for like malaysian youth in general like it's we're not a monolith but um i think just from my experience with only 18 i think a lot of young people are craving that space to safely engage with politics you know critically and not in that partisan of a way because you don't have enough avenues for this, unfortunately. And uh, for Undi 18, it's our it's our job to give them the space. And um, talking about political education in the syllabus, I think like in subjects like Sejarah and Pengajian, um, we already have some of these elements. What we can do is like, I think improve on that improve on them and then make them interactive for younger people because i don't think young people want to be lectured at you know like education is a two-way process um you cannot be the one deciding what these young people should learn you should you also need the input of these young people like what do they need from um any sort of political education program and what do they want from these programs and you cannot also like solely leave it to um, any party, be it the government, be it the CSO, be it universities, you know. Uh, it has to be very participatory, I think. And I think with regards to like Undi 18 itself, um, in general, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things that not just us, but other people can do to keep encouraging these young people to speak up and participate. So yeah, I think that's that's what I have to say on the topic. So thank you, Sister Nadia. Uh, I just would like to highlight that she said that education is a two-way thing. Even though, yes, even though that uh, I think people always associate sejarah, this is, this, uh, for subject sejarah itself with 
uh, boringness, dullness. But in act uh, in oh. reality, it actually actually educate us so much on democracy, on the imp uh, importance of um of having that democracy uh, not the uh, not being imperialized by other country. So we need also need to uh, as students or as the youth ourselves, we need to have that level of awareness. We need to actually need to have that incorporate with ourselves that okay, we need to. Uh, do something for the country so we need uh, to educate ourselves so and on yes. to brother Masha, can i can can i uh, add for 10 seconds uh, 30 seconds uh, i i really agree with the two-way communications because uh from my experience myself because i'm teaching malaysian studies with my students so my students are hearing right now so uh what i emphasize to them is when we want to talk about democracy and we want to talk about Malaysian studies, the Malaysian politics, I never emphasize wrong answer with them. So there is no wrong answer to what you want to talk because you are part of the citizens. And if you know less about your history and if you know less about politics, it's not your fault. It might be someone's fault. It might be because of your environment. So that's why... Uh, it is very important for us to listen. They might have good and fresh ideas with them. And we need to appreciate because they are discussing and they are talking about their own country, their own nation. And they totally have the right of one. They want to talk about the country. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brother Daniel, for the opinion. Yes, that's true. The students need to know, need to know more about their country even though it's boring or what so need to needs have to uh yes I have an opinion and need to know more need to study more okay so unfortunately Masha the time is not in our side and this will be the last questions for our guests for tonight before we conclude do share your last words and what are your hopes with the bill of undi 18 and the future of campus democracy as the early preparation for you to participate in national politics. Maybe we can start with uh, Brother Ika Daniel first. Uh, probably Nadia can say about Undi 18. So I just want to say about SC election, uh, IUM SC elections. So what I want to say, this is the moment that we are waiting for as the first established uh, IUM or stu a first established student union after about 40 years in non-existence. So we should really appreciate the chance and the opportunity that we have. If we, because people are saying about, oh, we want uh, aggressive uh, students, at the point uh, in Malay, we call it as mahasiswa melawan, mahasiswa bangkit dan sebagainya. So we need to show whether we are truly living for the students' unionism itself. So the students have to use this kind of chance. And secondly, what I want to say is um, political participation is also directly affected by two um, main factors, which is the first one is knowledge. The second one is participation. So we talk a lot about participation, but less about knowledge. So about knowledge, as the students of IUM, we are holding the principle of knowledge, the principle of ELMU. So ELMU is meant to be searched, is meant to be digged, is meant to be founded. So the students of IUM themselves should know that if we want to know about campus politics, if we want to know about democracy, then we have to be willingly to learn. So that is number two. And number three is for those of IUM students who might be in face of political fatigue, which they, want, which they might think that, oh, this is going to be the fight between two political or students front, which is the WUFI and also the Congress, which I'm totally frankly speaking about it. This is not. You are going to determine. You are the agent of social change. A lot of things can happen. Elections is also about transparency and it's also about probability. It's no fixed decisions unless and until you realize the rights that you have right now and you need to choose and you need to utilize the rights that you have. Because politics itself is a system. So system is a not a living thing. So whether the system that you want to create, a good one or a bad one, a negative one or a positive one, so it totally depends to the main, actor, main actors in the political field itself. So in this case, the students, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so next we let's hear about what about Sister Atira. Alright, uh, my hope is uh, I hope the participation in campus democracy and national politics for the Ulibamblas for the upcoming general election goes hand in hand because actually you cannot separate these two. Oh, you actively involved in advocating Ulibamblas. Uh, on the national politic level, but you didn't participate at all in campus democracy. You actively involved in campus democracy. You didn't care about what happens in our country. So uh, there are reasons why the bill for the youth participation in this democratic process was amended, which is, I believe, for a bigger purpose. So youth or students uh, should be more critical in involving themselves with national issues. So that is how uh, campus democracy and national politics can um, go together. Okay, thank you, Sister Atira. So the last, let's hear with Sister Nadia. I mean, um, as someone working with Wendy 18, I do hope that it gets implemented as soon as possible, and that's very optimistic. Um, it's the best case scenario for us, and... I guess many other Malaysian youths, but probably not for all political parties. Um, even parties who do champion young people, because ultimately um, you have to put your money where your mouth is. Um, you really have to, um, in engaging with young people, like you also have to genuinely platform them which means that you have to take them seriously as your equals, you know. And I think when you consider how certain figures in national politics have been, like they're, of, they're often like older, um, male, Malay, you know. So you have to work harder to shore up support of Malaysian youths who come from very different um, religious regional and um, ethnic backgrounds, you know, and they don't always share the same aspirations or hopes. And again, I do think that older people underestimate how policies and laws affect young people and shape their futures, especially if you're disabled or marginalized. I think those um, two particular categories of youth um, should be paid more attention to, like whether it's nationally or within universities, because I feel like we don't center these groups as much. And um, for me, campus democracy is one slice of real life democracy, because, you know, um, young people who enter the workforce are actually, I think, two or three times as much as people who um, enter universities then entering the workforce. So in, in that sense, you know, sometimes you might be of the same age, but your concerns are very different. But I guess there's no such thing as like perfect rep representation. And you can always improve to engage and bridge that gap between um, many, many subsets of Malaysian youth. And ultimately, I think um, in campus politics as well as in national politics, there is always this gap between people who actually um, do run for office and those end up having to vote for the people who run for office. So, um, you know, you like, at the end of the day, you kind of like, if you are the person running for election, you need to consider what value can you add for your, for these people who you want their votes, you know? What can you offer? How in touch are you with these people? And ultimately, it's always the question of like, how do you improve everyone's lives regardless of scale? So that's all I have to say. So thank you to all of our guests. I think uh, tonight we have touched a lot about education, about politic edu uh, political education and also democracy. How actually democracy works as what highlighted by Sister Atira just now and also how 
uh, how it's different, uh, how campus politics is actually different from uh, national politics. But actually, uh, even though it's different in the system, uh, it's very much uh, the same as we still need the same level, and not actually the same, we need, uh, we need a certain level of political education. We need to, uh, as the youth ourselves, we need to want to participate in uh, in politics because uh, quite frankly, uh, every policies that is being implemented uh, will actually uh, affect us. Uh, we also need to rem remember that the youth constitute a large, uh, a large part of the population. So as youth, uh, we need to uh, stand up and actually uh, take take accountable uh, as a stakeholder in the in our democracy so on that note we would like to thank to all of our guests for lending your time to share your insights uh, with us tonight we hope that our audience have learned a lot because for sure we did so special thanks to our audience and also for tuning in uh, until the end of this session so be sure to vote on the iium student union election this saturday 10 of April through the ITA Suite uh, platform by the IIUM Student Union election. And don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe and to keep supporting IIUM TV by following our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and subscribe our YouTube. And also guys, don't forget to follow us and find us in our new platform, IIUM TV new platform which is Spotify. So uh, before we for, before we forget Marsha, next week we will celebrate our Ramadan. So Ramadan Karim for everyone. Uh, we hope that we can be improved to be better Muslims time by time. And thank you again until the next episode of Political Insight. 40 minutes of political knowledge. Wassalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank, thank you. you everyone.